You are listening to the Black Sitcom History Podcast with Shannon and Summer, where we explore issues from episodes of the most popular and polarizing black television sitcoms from the 1970s and beyond. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Black Sitcom History. I'm Summer. I'm Shannon. How are you, Summer? I'm doing well. That's good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited. How are you all doing? Uh, they're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. We're back. It's been a little while. So we're just trying something out new, a new format, platform, or whatever you would like to call it. Yeah. But we're going to get into the uh, episodes seven, eight, and nine of season four. So let's of get the started. Jeffersons. Of the Jeffersons, of Yeah, course. we want to bring bring this to, to, to video. We've done a video before of the podcast earlier earlier on. Uh, one time. <laughs> one time, but were we actually on camera or was it just like a... We were actually on camera. Oh. I've got, I've got the video to prove it. Oh, we're posted, added to it's, this. It's on our channel currently. Okay. Oh, so, subscribe to our channel. Subscribe to our channel. Thank you. Hit, <laughs> hit the uh, thumbs up and like and notification button as well. All right. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about the Jeffersons season four, episode seven. The Visitor. This aired, let's see, when did this air? Summer? It's aired November, oh, no, sorry. October 29th, 1977. 1977, right. Florence is battling parents pay. This is small. Hold on, let me read this. Florence's battling parents pay the Jefferson household an unexpected visit. This is supposed to be my job anyway. Okay. Arriving with some big news. So we get to see Florence's parents in this episode. Let's get into it. So uh, Florence's mother makes an unexpected visit to visit Florence, of course, um, not knowing that her father will follow shortly after that. Their plan is to actually get a divorce. Yes. And this is something that... Um, Florence is upset about, of course. Who wouldn't be upset if their parents decide to get a divorce, especially if they've been married for 40 plus years? I've told Summer in the past, like, if we make it past 30 years, we're staying with each other no, no matter what, you know, because if you're with someone for that amount of time, um, you should be able to work anything out and you should be able to know each other's flaws or whatnot to overcome um, situations like that. Um, George is also determined to keep uh, Florence's parents together. He also suggests, like, you all have been married this long. Why at this time would you decide to, to get a divorce? And basically, they, they said that they were tired of each other. <laughs> but they knew what they were tired of, what made them tired of one another. And his comeback was, well, why would you want to try something new with a new person? You don't know anything about this person. You don't know their flaws. Whereas now you've been married for this long, you know this person's flaws. And you can easily overcome that, especially after 40 years. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, it's funny how in this this episode that... Um, both the parents sort of run a, run away to and and end up at Florence's, um, I guess to get away from each other. But 
<laughs> yeah, they, they ended up being pull, pulled back together. Yeah, they essentially. Yeah, they they were both trying to get away from one another and actually ended up to a I guess you can call it almost a a place of like a safe haven, like a neutral ground. They knew that Florence was a neutral person that they can to go to, which I I disagree and I agree as mm. as you know uh, uh, being a sitting uh, uh, not a sibling dependent of my parents. I don't think I would want to be that neutral person to come to when my parents are going through yeah. a divorce. I don't think that's neutral at all. No. Yeah, I mean, I think that probably and maybe subconsciously they thought. Okay, if we go, maybe Florence will convince us to stay together. Like, just subconsciously, they were, like, not really in doubt. Because I don't know, you know, I wouldn't go seek out somebody to to talk to who I know would be against getting divorced. Yeah. You know? No, no like, child wants to see their parents. see your parents get a divorce. No matter how old uh, Well, you are. I'm not going to say every child doesn't want mm-hmm. to see that, but most of the time, you, you don't want to see your parents get divorced. Um, and why would you go to your child, your, your grown adult child at that? Mm. Um, sure. Your grown adult child may, may be more mature and understand Mm. that, you know, relationships don't work out, but you don't want to see your parents break up. So I think that deep down, they probably were wanting some, this is just my, my thought that they deep down wanted some one Florence to Mm. change their mind. That's what I think. Yeah, I um, I somewhat agree with that, but I'm going to back up a little bit. N- no child actually wants to see their parents divorce, but sometimes parents bring out or show their dislikes towards each other or their conflicts towards each other in front of the children. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm sure children might think like, wow, I wish my parents would just split up. That's why I think, that's why I think, you know, I wouldn't say all kids don't want it, but most, most of the time you don't. But if there's a lot of drama going on, it's a lot of fighting, a lot of disagreements, just a lot of unnecessary drama. You want to see peace, um, more than anything, more than just your, your parents staying together. Um, so I think that there are definitely times where mm-hmm. children will be like, maybe y'all need to mm-hmm. just do your own thing because you, you all are not getting along. And I've seen... They want to see their parents getting along. Oh, of course. I've seen situations where uh, couples do it for the children, meaning they stay with each other for the children. And once the children are of age, they decide to say, okay, that's it. We did it for the children. Now mm-hmm. let's go ahead and go our separate ways. Uh, I don't think yeah. that was a situation with Florence's parents because they waited she's 46 too, years. Grown. She's grown and, grown and gone. So yeah. I don't think that was the situation. I think it was one of those things where, like, um, for anybody, you come home from work one day, you're like, I'm sick and tired of work. I, you know, you want to divorce yourself from work. Or you're sick and tired of a car. You want to divorce yourself from the car. But you know the flaws of that particular car. And if you get a new car, it might be worse than the car you have. So go ahead and stick with the car you you, you have. That's a very strong point. You, And it's not a point to say that you should stay in a situation that's toxic or just, you know, otherwise ruining your life. But... You never know. You can't just go go elsewhere and say, oh, I'm going to just 
leave this relationship and maybe get into a, a better one. You you'll get into a different one. It mm. may or it may or may not be better. Yeah. It might, in fact, be worse. Um, and that's why a lot of times people say, um, you know, you got to work on yourself, spend some time on yourself, know yourself um, before you start getting into another relationship because you will be bringing yourself into yes. another relationship and you were part of the problem that mm-hmm. caused the relationship to go go bad in the first place. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think also in this episode, they decided to stay at the Jefferson's house in the <laughs> spare bedroom. And, and actually, it was a notion of them going to the bedroom to, you know, have makeup <laughs> sex or whatever. <laughs> and sometimes that's all it might be. Not saying makeup sex, but just something new. You know, you can't continue to just do the same mm-hmm. old things over and over and over again. After 40 plus years... You definitely, mm-hmm. it, it will be hard to come up with something new, but you have to think of newer things to um, keep the marriage um, spicy. You know, even at, at 70, 80, I still want to have fun with Summer, do things as if we were n- newlyweds um, all over again. And um, I think that's what keeps some, well, I won't say all marriages, some marriages, you know, well off. It's not always about um, new things for everyone because some people might be very happy with the way things are as is. Mm -hmm. But bringing new situations to a relationship, um, good things, um, is always a plus. You know, it brings happiness to our relationship anyway. You know, and I'm not trying to be a marriage counselor at all. Um, I'm, I'm looking inside from the outside of uh, people I, I know and see. Sometimes I, I feel like, oh, they might need to do this in their relationship, where it might not be that at all. <laughs> you know, they might just need uh, just away time from one another, you know, to actually miss each other. Yeah, I don't I don't have a, have any general advice. You know, you know understand your relationship. Yeah. Make sure you are compatible with the person that you're with because... Some of that newness, some people are not into the newness. You know, some people, you know, things are always, I think that, I think my best advice, my best advice that I could ever give to anybody, um, almost on any matter, not even just relationships, it's just like, (laughs) no, but always expect things to change. Things are always going to change. Like, we know that. Like, it's obvious on the outside things change, Um, you know. I have more gray hair than I did when we got married. I, you know, my weight might not be the same as it was when we first met and got married, right? You know, things change. I got more fine lines and wrinkles than when we first, things are always changing. That's just external um, things that change. But people change, you know, their interests change. They, um, you know, just a, a one example, we don't drink anymore, you know? Like we drank more. I didn't. I never really drank that much alcohol, but you know, we're we basically become non-drinkers for a few reasons. But um, it's things change. People are not always going to be the same. So I think that if you have a very difficult time with people changing and um, not knowing how things are gonna going to look, and you know, like you know, I love Shannon as he is now but I expect that over time in 10 20 30 years there are going to be some things that are going to change 
and you have to be comfortable with things changing, right? Um, that is a part of the newness of things too. The change know, part. The, the change part. That's part of the, 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 new, the newness. You go through evolutions. Sometimes you change, and, and I'm talking about things changing as like I talk about uh, fine lines and wrinkles. Like that's not, you know, I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's just a reality, right? It's not good or bad. None of these changes are good or bad. They're just changes. But if you have a, a difficult time with changes, you personally are going to be changing. The person that you're with is also going to be changing. So together, that can be a lot for people to handle. Um, I have no idea what was going on. What were their, the, do you know, remember the complaints that Florence's oh, parents wow. had with, yeah, with they, one they, another? They were stupid complaints. <laughs> like all he does is sit and watch TV. It was just, you know, crazy things <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was not, nothing even really bad. Mm. She, yeah, she was probably just annoyed. He is annoyed. Just annoyed. But, uh, 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 one thing, well, I got several things out of it. The most important thing is after so many years, you still can work out a relationship, you know, and stick yeah. with each other. And it's nothing more beautiful uh, for me in my eyes to see old couples that say, <laughs> oh, we've been married for 50 years. And they're still like holding hands and like calling each other babe and boo and honey and yeah. things like that, you know. So uh, that was beautiful for me yeah. to see that. You know, my, my parents, they were married for, I'm 30, 40, so they were married like they will be married like 56 years, 57 years, somewhere around there. So, you know, that's amazing. I, I want to shoot for the same goals mm-hmm. um, with my marriage. And I hope you all will do the same. Yeah, and I think, t- I think too, that uh, another thing is when you em- embrace the change, um, n- know that, like, with Florence's parents, you might have some annoyances, mm-hmm. but um, have some of your own business to mind. Like, you know, there are things that Shannon and I do together, like this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there are things we do together, but he's not my sole source of entertainment. Like, uh, and I'm not his sole source of entertainment. He has things to do. If if Shannon was sitting around here watching TV all day, uh, so be it. I'd be doing something else, not I mean, I might be sitting here watching TV with him, but if I didn't feel like it, mm-hmm. then I go do something else. So, um, have have some business to mind. Yeah. Have a hobby. Have a thing to do. Mind your own business. Sometimes let people be. Let people enjoy their their rest in the way they want to enjoy it. Let people do the things that that you know help them unwind or 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 be happy or feel creative or feel um, I don't. I don't know, fulfilled, mm. enriched, whatever that may be, even if it's silly to you. You know, for me, I like to watch decorating shows. That, yeah. That's I, that's a lot of fun. I watch them. <laughs> and you'll sometimes. watch them with me sometimes. Especially if they're decorating, like, the backyard where the guys oh, yeah. hang out or the man, man cave. I, <laughs> I still watch it. Um, but that said, don't forget you made a promise when you um, were initially married that yeah. you'll be with that person, death do us. Part. That's what it is. That's so. He, he forgot. Yeah, that's keep that promise, and we're going to try and keep our promise, and continue to give you these podcasts 
<laughs> YouTube videos. Maybe I mean, no promise. Yeah, like we're going to give you some yeah, podcasts. Yeah. We will not promise yeah. a specific frequency, yes. but we're going to do it, and we're yeah. going to see how this <laughs> video format comes out. And if it works out, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll improve improve yeah. over time yeah. as well. So, but so, yeah, that was episode seven, the visitors. We're going to move into episode eight. All right. Episode eight, it's just called The Camp Out. When did that air? This, The Camp Out aired. <laughs> <laughs> Our trusty guide. Write this down. Google. Oh, okay, here we go. November 5th, 1977. <laughs> it's okay. Louise pers- persuades George to take Marcus camping, not realizing that Mother Jefferson is arriving, forcing Louise to deal with her alone. That part was funny that she had to deal with Mother Jefferson, but I thought it was really sweet that um, George took Marcus yeah, it, it can't be. So it was definitely sweet, but <laughs> George <laughs> George tries to get out of a lot of things and also he tries to benefit himself all the time. Basically, yes. That's his facts. MO. True facts. Um I want I want to call him selfish, but he's really selfish so. when it comes to his business. Um he's <laughs> always trying to find ways to uh, find someone to invest or someone to help his business grow, which is not a bad thing, but it seems like it always comes with a cost. In, in this episode, I didn't realize that sometimes George's mother actually gets on his nerve as well. Because, <laughs> so... Bentley was, is going camping, and uh, Marcus actually comes over to the Jeffersons to discuss something or whatever. And he mentions that he, he always wanted to go camping, but his dad never took him. So Louise is trying to convince him to take him camping. And George is like, no, I don't, I don't want to go camping. I don't like camping or whatever. And um, Mama Jefferson calls and says she needs to stay over for the weekend because she's having her apartment painted so george changes his mind all of a sudden he's like okay louise you're right um i'm going to go ahead and take marcus camping and louise is like why the change of heart and he says well mama jefferson needs to come over and spend the weekend and she needs to stay here so i'm going camping that way you have to deal with did she i don't think he was that that uh forthright i don't think he was that honest with louise the she, she louise ended up figuring out yes yeah, but uh, yeah, that sounds very, very honest of George. Yeah. How do you put it? He, he wasn't. He wasn't like that. He, 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 <laughs> he didn't want to deal with Mama. Jo- he was like, "Oh Jefferson. yeah, I changed my mind. I had to change a heart." He, you know, he definitely framed it as he had to change a heart. heart. Yeah. So it, until once, Mama Jefferson, once again, up. it's benefiting him. Right. He doesn't have to deal with Mama Jefferson. Mm-hmm. So him and Marcus are out camping or whatever, and a, a lot comes out from Marcus. Marcus is now a reoccurring um, character on the show. Um, a lot comes out with Marcus and he's telling, um, George, how his father made a lot of promises and wasn't able to keep them. And 
he explains that his dad promised to play catch or whatever, but every time he came home from work, he was just tired. He mm-hmm. couldn't couldn't play or wouldn't play with him or whatever. And George is trying to explain to him, well, like, well, you know, you had food on the table, you had clothes on your back, so your dad really did care about you. It's just he was working hard to make sure you lived had a better life and was living a better life. Yeah. And it also comes out that. Um, Marcus' father died and never uh, accomplished any of the promises that he promised Marcus. And George determines that, well, maybe you're just upset about his death and not upset about the fact that he didn't, you know, keep his promises like he said. Um, and this kind of touched home with me with, with as far as my father's passing. Um you know, he did a great job keeping his promises, but it was like, I think I was more upset about the fact that while I was going through some adulthood issues, I wouldn't call them problems, but just issues, I never had the chance to talk to a, a, a elder male about those issues, so I had to work them out on my own. Um, so I was upset about that part. I was never upset about the the part that he he passed, of course, it was hurtful or whatnot. Mm. But back to Marcus and, and, and um, Mr. Jefferson, he was able to help Marcus understand life pretty much, and that circle certain things happen that are out of our control, you know, and you have to learn how to uh, think of the the good things that the person did for you to help you become who you are today. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and also understand that death is part of life. You know, and you have to you you have to move on with your life. Not saying move on and forget about the person that passed away that you cared about, but you life goes on. We cannot put life on pause and wait till you're ready to actually cope with situations. I mean, you know, death in this case. Mm-hmm. You definitely have to move on. You also have to find ways to cope with with death. Everyone copes differently, you know. Yeah. My cope, cope, coping mechanism was I was, when my father passed away, I was, like, spending money like crazy <laughs> on just things. If I wanted it, I, I, I bought it. And that, that was the way I coped with it. But I think George finally became a psychiatrist and helped <laughs> a young guy out. Yeah, he made a good point, too, on the sort of moving on and coping part. He, George made a good point um, about Marcus's father saying that, you know, his father, um, even though he didn't live up to his promises, he didn't come through before he died, he gave Marcus something to look forward to which can get, you know, a young a young person really excited. I mean, of course, you know, to not fulfill any of those promises can be really disappointing, but George, you know, sort of coming back in with the um, reality checks and like, hey, you can keep blaming him, but, you know, you can try to, you know, make, make do on the promises yourself. You know, take, you know, do the things that you wanted to do or the things that you, you wanted to do with your dad. Um, or you just wanted to experience, not necessarily with your dad, but just things you wanted to experience, you can still experience those things um, and and hopefully move on. Um, 
in a, you know, in a, in a more productive way. Yeah. I, I'm going to piggyback on what you're saying. It's like, even though your dad promised you those things, you weren't able to do them with him. Mm-hmm. You still can do them. It might not quite be a hundred percent the same, but you're mm-hmm. still able to experience the things that he promised. And it also can bring back memories and fond memories of, of that person, you know, like, Oh, you know, my dad always said he would take me to do, uh, such and such, but he wasn't able to because he passed away, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is, I'm doing this in remembrance of him or whatever. You mm-hmm. can dedicate that to him or not. And it might turn out, I don't mean to be funny, but it might turn out you don't like camping. Like, well, I'm glad my dad never took me camping because I don't like camping, you know. But at least you were able to experience it. So, you know, uh, like I said before, everyone takes death differently. Some people, I I had a coworker, I want to say his mother passed away. It was someone very, like, very close close Mm -hmm. to him. And he was like at work that next day. I'm just like, why are you at work? You know, he was like, well, what can I do <laughs> about yeah. this person's death? I'm like, yeah, I do understand that. But at least you should just at least take the day off, you know, or hmm. whatever. But and he he kept working, didn't miss a beat, <laughs> didn't miss a day. Uh, and it just so happened the, the funeral fell on his off day. <laughs> Oh, wow. So, you know, it was like he just kept he was back pushing. For the next work, work yeah. day, he was back. And I don't know. He, I mean, he said he loved his mother dearly. They never had issues or whatever. But I guess he's one of those people that really, really goes by the rule of uh, life goes on, you know. Um, and hopefully he has wasn't holding everything in and have to break down one day. Yeah. You know, because I find myself certain situations, it's like... Since my dad died, I'm like a crybaby with stuff now. I mean, I'll be crying. I'm like, why are you crying, dog? <laughs> you know, I try and man up. Like, why are you crying? You know, but uh, and I, I I believe, you know, not that I actually start thinking about my dad, but it was just my dad was the first funeral I went to that really like hurt me. Mm. You know, I've been to funerals, fam- family member funerals, but no one as close as my dad. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. When, when are we going to the repast so we can eat? <laughs> you know, but when my dad died, to- totally different. And um, I think that brought some emotions out of me that I've probably just been having all my life, but just never uh, actually showed them. So anyway, mm-hmm. not to get all sentimental on everybody, especially myself. <laughs> but uh, so I, 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 I commend... George for, you know, giving some sound advice to Marcus and uh, hopefully Marcus takes his advice and um, continue to live his life as if his dad was alive and he can keep some of those promises, not only for him, but him and his father. So yeah. that was the camp out. The camp out. Episode number eight. All right. Now what are we going to do, Summer? We're going to move on to episode number nine. So, um, you want to get into a poll? Oh yeah. You want to do yeah, that after number call, three? No, let's 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 call this like an intermission, but we're going to do the poll. So let's do the poll, really quick. Okay. 
So um, we'll, the other day um, uh, we had posted something on, uh, reposted rather something to our stories on Instagram, and it was a, a poll that I want to give to you all today. And check out um, our podcast. The poll should be on Spotify, and you can see the poll, and you can participate in giving us your answers to the poll. Um, Also, check out the... um, I'll I'll have that posted up again on on Instagram, so you can check that out as well. And you can, you know, leave a comment there as well. But here's the poll, and I thought it was a really cute one. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) it's about bougie characters from Black sitcoms all right out of these four characters who is the bougiest okay number one we got miss hillary banks from fresh prince of bel-air okay that's number one okay number two we got regine from living single okay Mm -hmm. number three is tony childs from girlfriends Mm -hmm. And last but not least, Miss Whitley Gilbert from A Different World. <laughs> I was crushing hard on her. <laughs> Jasmine Guy. Jasmine Guy, and then she came out with that single, Try Me. Remember that song? <laughs> I do Whoa, remember I, that. I, I kind of remember that, the video, too, a little bit. I think that was bit. the first single I bought that a, from a female. From a, <laughs> <laughs> a female, female. What's a single? Female. A singer, female. Yeah, from a female. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty yeah, lots lots of folks were crushing on Jasmine Guy back back then. And then Dwayne Wayne kinda looked like me or I looked like him. So I was like, I might have a chance to Did you have a little glass flip up glasses at one point? Yeah. And post it. I'll look. I have it. If I can somehow figure out how to do that. I have that picture. I have my flip up glasses, my turtleneck. I was on. Did you have the Gumby haircut on that one? Like the, the yeah, was, or do you have the bleach hair? I have to. Because he used to have like the, the, the remember Kwame? I used to have the, Kwame, like, Kwame bleach, bleach, yeah, bleach I, thing. I was on, man. I was, <laughs> I was ahead of my time, man. Hell yeah. But if I had to pick, even though I didn't watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air mm-hmm. that much, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to go with with her. Okay. Hillary, Hillary Banks. Hillary Banks. Okay. Why? She, she was kind of... She was kind of dingy too, kind of. Mm-hmm. She know? was not portrayed as as very bright. Right. No, not at all. So, I might. Have, hmm. Yeah, I, I think you know. It, okay, I'm <laughs> going to go with her because uh-huh. she was also her daddy like spoiled her too, like, and it, it showed on the show. Whereas the other three characters. It didn't really well. Jasmine Guy, her parents, they called a lot in the episode and they showed up a few times. But Hillary Banks, her dad, like spoiled her anyway, so that mm-hmm. that made her like double bougie. I think. I think it was like the because she wasn't that bright. Like the other characters, Ashley Carlton, mm-hmm. you know, they seemed like they had some. A little more sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she just seemed completely out of touch. And didn't really know the value of a dollar or yeah, knew where a dollar like, came a, from. She so, seemed a bit out of touch. Yeah, so she And um, I think she was coddled a little bit more. Right. 
And it made her. She was the oldest child too, I think. So she maybe they they spoiled her, and then the other two they eased up on. The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. I guess it, it got a they little learned. costly for yeah. them. So they said we can't do that. I, don't know. I think because she was portrayed as, as not knowing where money came from, or like it grew on trees, that she was able to do and have whatever she wanted, you know. And what, what what is a good definition of bougie? I don't know. Because you can be ghetto bougie, you know? I don't. I'm not going to look up ghetto bougie. No, I'm just going to look up bougie and see what... Um, because... What it means. Okay. Well, my definition of ghetto bougie is pretty much living way out of your means to try to be bougie. So I guess I'm, I'm going to rephrase that as... Um, Let's see, unfinancially bougie instead of ghetto bougie. Because <laughs> there's people that are, you know, have finances where they can be bougie, but they're overspending, and that makes them uh, unfinancially able to to actually be a bougie person. If that makes so, sense. So here's a good one from I don't know this website, Amazing Talker. Uh, let's see, living a larger than life or luxurious life, yet at the same time being, yeah, I don't think that's a good okay. definition. But, okay. but just being fancy. Being uh, fancy, yeah. Fancy. Fancy. Fancy people. So but, because of fancy, like, I don't think that Hillary, I think Hillary is just a little bit out of touch. Mm-hmm. I don't, wouldn't describe her as particularly fancy necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell oh. you my pick. Okay. So, at first I was gonna say Regine mm-hmm. from, cause she was a little bit extra, and for some reason I always thought that you know glamorous people or or fancy people were like her. Like she she was a, one of the first characters I can recall who would just be switching out wigs every episode, like or or even multiple times within an episode. Like she had. You know, her exercise wig, she had her going out wig. <laughs> so she was always switching up wigs. And I was like, oh, she's like kind of being fancy. Like she wants to always look put together and be, have the hair hair done. You know, mm-hmm. not that they were necessarily wonderful looking wigs or anything, but I just thought thought about it. She had, a, she had an air of fanciness yeah. about her. Um, uh, whereas the other characters were a little more... Down to earth, right? But, yeah, and but she's not my pick, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's not my pick. Who's your pick? And also, the other reason why I thought <laughs> that I was going to say Regine because I cannot remember Regine's last name. I can't remember her last name. I gotta look that up. But I was like, oh, I could. I only remember her from like one name, and I don't think that's even her character's real name. I think that's a name she gave herself. Mm. So that's kind of to me like. Just trying to be fancy, like you're trying. There's a, the bouginess is kind of seems like a try hard type of thing, not necessarily, yeah. but it seems like you're trying. I would say, I guess I'm still. I'm gonna go back to Whitley Gilbert as the most bougie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. she was the first character in her family where the first people on TV, like black people I saw on TV who had, um, 
who looked like they came from generational wealth, right? Like truly wealthy people, not upper middle class or anything like that, but truly wealthy. At least that's the perception, you know. Um, she was a true Southern belle. Mm. So with that Southern belleness, if that's a word, it's not a word, but I just made it up. So with that Southern belleness, there's a sort of fanciness as well to that. Like you had a cotillion, you know, you wore the cotillion dress and you did you did the whole thing, right? So to me, she's like fancy, not not unintelligent, but fancy and came from generational wealth. And um, I'm going to say she's the bougiest yeah. of them all. But can you mistake bouginess for competence like in a person? Like, I don't know if you can intertwine the two. I don't know. I don't think so, they're the same necessarily. Yeah. So I get. I guess I have to get a, a correct definition of what bougie is. I'm just going by what I know, or mm-hmm. what I've heard. I don't know like how to explain a bougie person. I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes bougie people are just mean people, and they mean, but they come off. What's the definition of bougie? Yeah. We have it for you. But I want to, so, <laughs> let's see. So, regime, right? Mm-hmm. What's her last name? I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'll look it up. Okay. So, I vaguely remember her own girlfriend. Um, so, I can't really comment on her too much. Because I'm mistaken her for the, the lawyer person. Who, who, who was she? Diana Ross's daughter, or that's a different show. That's that's girlfriends. Girlfriends. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That that's why I'm confused. Oh, you're think so. Regine is Kim Fields. You know Kim, Kim Fields. Fields. I know who Kim Fields is. So Regine Hunter. Regine Hunter. Yes. Yes. I had a crush on her since Facts of Life. <laughs> so well, you guys let us know who you think was the most bougiest character. On those four shows. A Different World, Living Single, Girlfriends, and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes. So let us know. And this is who who I'm talking about. This is Tony Childs. I remember her. This is the other one you thought. Yeah. They look look alike to me. Everyone looks alike to me on TV. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. For that, let's, let's do that again. Let's have another okay. poll next time. I, I like that. <laughs> so we're going to continue with other Jeffersons. This is episode number nine, The Last Leaf. This aired November 12th, 1977. Right. This one was kind of cool because it had... I had to think if I have any superstitions that I believe in. Hmm. So, Louise had, it's not even necessarily a superstition, I guess. She just had a belief that uh, her corsage was lucky. Was lucky. And if she lost it or if it was damaged, uh, her marriage would come to an end, basically. Hmm. Okay. Um, so I, I want to ask you some before we get started into it. Do you have any su- superstitions that you believe in? 
Mm. Nothing I'm, like that. Nothing mm. like, yeah, I don't know. Mm. Like, there are certain things I don't, I don't do. Because you, okay. Can, can I have one? Certain things I don't put on the ground. Yeah, that's, ah, that's. Like, I wouldn't put my purse on the ground on purpose. Okay. Not on purpose. If it falls, it falls. But I wouldn't purposefully put my purse on the ground. Like, I don't think any bad luck is going to come. Right. It just doesn't seem right. Okay. It doesn't seem like it should be on the ground. But yes. explain the logic of that. Like, why wouldn't you put your purse on the ground? What What do you think would happen? I don't think anything would happen other oh. than you have a, a dirty purse. A dirty purse. Okay. So, <laughs> but me. what have you heard... What happened if you... I don't know. Okay, so... Because, so, you know, because sometimes when people have these superstitions, so I've gotten things, and people are saying, like, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you shouldn't split a pole. You, so, you shouldn't split a pole. Okay, so... I don't... I don't... I don't... I don't do that just because I heard not to do that. <laughs> I don't know what would happen if you do it, but I, <laughs> I don't do it because I heard not to do it. Mm-hmm. So back to the... To the purse thing. So what I've heard is if a woman puts her purse on the ground, she will end up broke, meaning she will lose money somewhere, oh. somehow. Now, I have to cross lines a little bit because I want to know, like, is that only like a black superstition or like, is that... I don't think they, so. Or do they cross Not, all color yeah, boundaries? I, don't I know, so, like splitting. I don't, I don't even think I heard it from a black person. Oh, really? The first time. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, like splitting poles. That's like Pretty across universal. all races. Um, so, I was going to bring up splitting the pole. Mm-hmm. Um, spider webs. I heard that. What's you, that one? Uh, you should. You shouldn't like if it's spider webs in your house. You shouldn't um, wipe them down or. Wipe them away or whatever, because that brings bad luck to the house. So spider webs are like good luck, especially if it's not a spider in there. Of course, I guess the luck is that the spider, <laughs> the spider left. You just have a spider web. Oh, that so seems, that seems um, very dusty. That's okay. other than that, I don't have any other superstitions. You know, so something. I'm okay. I'm reading something about the purse and and. Mm-hmm. So talking about it shows a disrespect or disregard for your money. Yeah, so, so it's like, yeah, it's like, I guess I'll say it's a disregard. Like this is like, it it houses my money. It so houses you don't other care things. about it by just putting it's it. It's like I don't phone. care about yeah. it. I don't necessarily think I'm going to be broke, right. but I definitely want to have some regard for earned money, gifted mm. money. Doesn't matter any anything. I um. So I was I yeah, was close. Respect. I was yeah. close. I think I think too is it this probably what you said is true too, but um it's like not 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 good luck. Yeah. Um I think I've heard too from someone that you you should not give someone a purse as a gift or a wallet as a gift without any Put money in it. I've heard of that for real. Yeah, but I, I didn't know that was like a superstitious thing. I just thought not necessarily superstitious, it's just like it's like not Right. Well, I don't know. You know, bought, I never ask people. I'm just like, okay. oh, is that is that what you do? Well, this is the first time <laughs> I've heard Summer mention that because I've bought her many of purses and she without she, any money. Yeah, in she it. never looked inside and said like, "Where's the money?" No, I don't know. no. I just that's just what yeah. I heard. Anyway, so Lu- Louise is uh, she wants to show Helen and Mama Jefferson and Florence the flower, the corsage that she had, and she keeps it in a book. 
Mm-hmm. She brings the book out and tries to show it to them, but it's missing. So now she's all concerned about her marriage with George. Um, and I don't think anyone else would be concerned <laughs> about her their marriage with George besides her. <laughs> so George is like, what you know, what's going on or whatever? And she's like, Well, I can't find the flower. And he he's trying to convince her that nothing's going to go wrong with their marriage or whatever. So he goes out on a limb to go find a corsage to replace the corsage that's missing. And turns out <laughs> it's the wrong it's the wrong type of flower. And Louise goes along with it with George. Mm-hmm, like, oh, mm-hmm. it's here. Our marriage is, is saved. I have nothing to worry about or whatnot. And uh, Louise tells Forms, like, I know this isn't the flower. <laughs> but I know George loves me that much that he would go out, you know, out of his way to produce something like this to keep me happy. All right. So I now know that uh, missing a flower doesn't interrupt our marriage or bring bad luck to our marriage or whatever. And it, it it's something that I would definitely do as well. You know, I think I tried to uh, cover up. I think I broke one of my mother's glasses or vases or something. Uh-oh. I tried to go. Does she know? Buy, she, she, I'm sure she knows. She knows. You know. She's going to know. So, uh, and I tried to. I didn't try and replace it. What I tried to do was hide it and replace it with another item that she had in the house. You just like redecorate it? tried to redecorate <laughs> it or whatever. Okay. And um, I, I really can't recall if someone needed to borrow that particular item or something. Hmm. And she already knew. She, she was like, oh, is, Shannon broke it. And I was like, oh, you knew. You know, it was something crazy like that. I mean, I, I was like 11 or 12. But I remember replacing something with an item she already had in the house. Just rearranging it. Hopefully, hopefully she wouldn't notice it or whatever. But I want to know some superstitions that you all may have that, you know, that we didn't mention are um, in, in, in all cultures, you know, because everyone has a different superstition or whatever. I, you know, I know some people that, I don't know if that's superstition, you know. I, I guess that's like a, 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 some people open all their Christmas gifts on Christmas Eve, like a, hmm. n- not a religion, it's more like a, a not a ritual. What's a, tradition? A tradition, that's the word I'm looking for. More like a tradition. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I also heard of one where uh, older people, they don't allow people to cook in their kitchen. <laughs> so have you heard that? Maybe they no. just don't like people cooking in their kitchen. I don't know. They don't like people cooking in their kitchen. Yeah. I never heard of that yeah. one. Anyway. oh, Or being in their kitchen. Or So I really have another one that all the guys know. And uh, I'm just going to leave it at this. You guys will have to look it up on your own because I don't want to really mention it. But it's if you're dating somebody, do not eat spaghetti from them when they cook it. That's all I'm going to say on that one. You never heard that, huh, babe? Okay. Okay, I guess I'll have to look yeah, that up, you too. Have to look it up. So I, I'm sure the fellas know uh, what I'm referring to, because I'm sure you heard it. Okay, I have one more. 
and then I'm gonna leave it alone. Make spaghetti all the time. I, but we're married. Oh. You never cooked spaghetti for me before we got married. I did not. Right, and if you would have, I would have. I wouldn't have eaten it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, so all yeah. Right. So have you heard this one? If you take your mates. Underwear or panties and bury them in front of the door, they would never leave you. Have you ever heard that? Your significant other? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I've heard the um, who you're with on New Year's Day is who oh. you're going to spend the yeah. year with or maybe something. The, I don't maybe know. the year, the not, year, the, not, not the rest of your life at but all. I never heard of the draws. Yeah, I, I've spent. <laughs> New Year's Eve with people in. Yeah. By Valentine's Day, <laughs> it was kind of done and over with. So, but babe, yes, I, I have to say this. I enjoy talking to you, <laughs> um, not only about the Jeffersons, but just how it leads us down other conversations that we might not have without the Jeffersons, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> superstitions or, or whatever. So, um, we got to continue doing this. Like Summer said in the beginning, it might not be as frequent as you all would like, but we will continue to bring them to you all when we definitely have the time and make the time. Um, we do other things. We work <laughs> um, and we work out. You know, this is the cycling season for me, so I've been hard at work riding my bike. Um, yeah, a lot of things change. Yeah. You know, but we're going to keep it coming. All right. Thank you. I, for, I enjoy as well. Thank you so much um, again for the good conversation, Shannon. Yes. And thank you all for tuning in and listening mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we'll be back. Uh, hopefully we can can keep this this video format going for you all. And um, if you are listening to us, um, just listening to us. Check us out on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is called Black Sitcom History, and um, that's where you can find us. We have a few audio recordings on there, plus an older video, so you can see, you know, how, how we've aged over the last two years. <laughs> and, and you know what? I suggest that you all actually watch some of the episodes. You know, yes, for there sure. might be some parts we miss. There might be some mis- mistakes we made in the episodes. Let us know. Um, and tell the truth, there's some comedy in there. There's like a lot of comedy. You will you will laugh. And uh They are comedy. Um mm-hmm. we, we we have to bring this conversation up in another episode summer, but the two of us and our, our daughter, so the three of us, we had a conversation of how black people are being represented represented in in media in media mm-hmm. so and i can't there might be a show out there that's definitely showing some positive mm-hmm. black families or black characters i don't know of any right now but there's there's a million shows on tv you know but what is positive though what has to be positive maybe it's just reality of what's what's positive I, the the yeah. conversation we were just having having was about representation, representation and you know 
whether it matters, whether it doesn't matter. Right. And the and I think you know, your your response was, was you were talking about positive. Right. I was just talking about representation okay. in general. Generally seeing people that look like you on TV. Oh, okay. And and maybe if you go a step further, mm-hmm. seeing people that look like you on TV mm-hmm. in regular to me I should say regular everyday life roles. Mm-hmm. Like you know, um, and not stereotypical. Okay, so like stereotypical is like maybe Boys in the Hood. Although a good film, that's a stereotypical way to see mm-hmm. black black folks. And uh, n- uh, maybe just a regular way. I mean, could be stereotypical or not, but just a regular normal way would be in a show like maybe Insecure. These just regular people. They're just doing regular yeah. regular people stuff. Because so black I, people are regular people. <laughs> I, I took the conversation down another path then mm-hmm. because you didn't mention positive. I, I, I brought that in. So let's take that out of the, of the mm-hmm. equation, the positive part. Let's take that out of the equation. So, but we'll bring that conversation up yeah. at another time. Yeah. Because there are, there are definitely black people Characters on television and TV, mm-hmm. you know, rather positive, negative, or whatever, they are there for sure. But I was going to also say that there's like a million different TV shows on television right now. Um, there's no longer the three major channels, ABC, CBS, and e- NBA, NBC. See, I forgot. Yeah. There's so <laughs> many. There's so many shows that people watch. You know, people at work say, Shannon, have you ever seen this show? Never heard of it. It's really good. You should watch it. Okay. But by saying that, uh, I'm sure there are, you know, black mm-hmm. people being represented. It's like on Abbott, Abbott Elementary. That's a, good, yeah. that's a good example of a show. Yes, it is a, a show. Um, it's a show that could be cast with anybody, really. It doesn't have to be. A num- there's a number of, of black stars on the show. But those characters don't have to be black people. They don't have to be. And there's nothing wrong with having a character that's specifically black, but or specifically intended to be black. I would say something like insecure, the characters are maybe specifically intended to be black. The dialogue is relatable to me as a black woman. Um, but, you know, the. It, you can be specifically black and stereotypically black mm-hmm. in a negative way, right? And, and painting a, a a broad negative uh, depiction of of or in very limited view. So I think that the representation that I'm talking about is 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 just it matters that the the image of black people in media is not so narrow and that it's very broad. And sometimes it can be super generic, like, okay, anybody, any person could have played that role. Mm. But if you see somebody um, who's playing a, a teacher, like, okay, great, I, I can be a teacher or a doctor, I can be a doctor or an engineer, I can be an engineer or, um, you know, someone who's working in, a, in business, mm. I can be, I can be a, a software developer, like anything. Um, but it's, it's the importance of the representation comes from seeing Diverse representation. I, when I say diverse representation, diverse black representation, and not just the ghetto best friend. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. side character, yeah. right? Um, although there are ghetto best friend black people in the world. These these people are, you know, the, the stereotypes don't they don't come from nowhere, but we don't want the you don't want these pe- the folks to be this limited. We don't want to see ourselves this limited. We have a lot of um, uh, experiences in the world in America um, as Black people. We have diverse experience. So the represent- representation I'm talking about is just seeing a, div- a diverse representation of Black people doing different things, having different experiences, having quote-unquote, black experiences, and maybe just regular experiences. That's, that's kind of the mix of, I think, almost everybody's life, at least the people that I know. Well said, Summer. <laughs> the show is over. This is all bonus. <laughs> <laughs> this is like extra. Extra content, yeah, extra content for free. For free. All right. All right, y'all. So, see, Shannon got me going. All right, man. All right. We see. <laughs> we will see you all and talk to you all later. Thanks for watching, and we will see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>